Are you ready for the Senior Bowl? Because there's a bunch of quarterbacks that have a couple of things to prove. We're going to get into them. We're going to talk a little bit of defensive front. And welcome a brand new guest. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, I want to thank you for making us your first listener of the day. As usual, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics. And today, we have a new guest that we hope to be joining us on every Friday episode. John Harris, he's the owner of footballtakeover.com uh, and also sideline reporter for the Houston, Texas. John, appreciate you for coming on, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you boys for having me. Uh, this is this is fun. I always love talking drafts. So uh, let's fire away and uh, start talking about what's coming up in 2022. I know here in Houston, it's going to be a big draft for us. So I'm really looking forward to it, but I look forward to it anytime, any day. They can make this thing 18 rounds. I wouldn't care. It'd be fun anyways. <laughs> Definitely. And speaking of 18 rounds, there's not 18 quarterbacks. We're talking about senior bowl quarterbacks first. And there's a long list of guys. Th this might be one of the more polarizing groups. There, there was a good group a few years ago when you had Baker Mayfield, when you had Josh Allen. I know everybody's really intrigued to see those guys. But in this class, there are legit six guys that can really help improve their draft stock. And we saw that with Josh Allen and we saw that with Baker Mayfield. I believe it was the senior bowl that helped Baker Mayfield go number one overall. So you have six guys here. Do any of these guys improve their stock? Maybe not to be the number one overall pick, but maybe convince everyone that this class can be stronger than how we feel about it right now. John, we'll go with you first. Eric, I, that 2018 senior bowl, it's interesting you brought that up because it was kind of the one I, I think about with this draft with these, this group, because when they went to the senior bowl, there was no real true consensus on a guy like Josh Allen. I mean, we watched him the first day of senior bowl and he couldn't hit that, that three square net that quarterbacks have to hit. He stood 10 yards away and the first day couldn't hit it. And we thought, man, what is this guy? But then by Thursday, he's making throws in the red zone from like 20, 25 yards out and laser shots. Like we've seen him do in the NFL. So this class, I think, is a little different. You don't have that Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, you think you go top five, top ten. But could there be a guy that gets in there? I think Kenny Pickett is the logical one because he had such a good year with Mark Whipple as his offensive coordinator at Pitt. He really showed he can make every throw on the field. And I compared him to Joe Burrow in this sense. Yeah, he's kind of off the radar screen in some sense. But I think his ability to get out of the pocket more underrated than people anticipate. And I saw him do that against Virginia Tech, and I thought, boy, he really can move. So I think Kenny Pickett is the logical one to take a big step in this draft process and maybe be a guy that does get into the top ten, that some team gets desperate in the top ten and says, look, we need to have a quarterback, and this is the only way to do it. So I think Pickett is the one that makes the most sense. Carson Strong could end up making the biggest leap. I don't know how many people have watched Carson Strong in Nevada – there's maybe some knocks about him being an air raid quarterback there with Nevada. But, man, I'm telling you, some of the throws I saw him make, if he can rein that in and prove that he can do it in a little bit more pro-style attack, I think Carson Strong is the quarterback that can make the biggest leap of the six that are there. 
real quick, John, I want to ask like you one question. Um, one, I want to ask John one more question about uh, Kenny Pickett. And he, he's gotten a lot of buzz this year, not so much in previous years. What do you think contributed to such a big jump in the sense of how he's viewed as a prospect? Well, the interesting part to me, and, and Eric, is always it's funny because everybody that's talking about it, we're in the media. So I think the media just sort of caught on to, hey, there's a guy up at Pitt that's really doing some good things. I think the scouts have known about him for a while. And I talked to some of the scouts in our building. I've talked to the scouts that were already talking about Kenny Pickett, about being a draft prospect. I think just in the media, we sort of caught on to, hey, wait a second, Kenny Pickett might be pretty good. And then my buddy Andre Ware did a game. Uh, I think Kenny, I think it was, it was the Virginia Tech game that he did up in Blacksburg. And I remember we were on the road the next uh, Sunday and I asked him where he had been. He said, yeah, man, I just saw a first round draft pick, Kenny Pickett. And I was like, man, I like him too. So we started kind of sharing notes on him and talking about him and it just kind of took off there, but it's really kind of media driven, you know, all this, Oh, this guy's yeah. a rise. That's basically the media just catching on the NFL scouts already know. I mean, there are times when I say to some of the scouts in our building, Oh, have you seen this guy? And, like, man, I've seen that guy 10 times. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I should be watching him a little bit more. But that being said, I think it's more that, Eric, than anything else. And he did have – he had a great year. He had a great year when other quarterbacks – Right. And Pitt became a pretty big story. And I think people started paying attention to what that guy could really do. Well, Ryan, I want to know, who is your Kenny Pickett? You know, for me, I, I agree. He can solidify himself as the number one, and I think he can him, plant himself to a needy team in the, in the top ten. I agree with that completely. My my Kenny Pickett probably isn't a Kenny Pickett is the problem is because I don't think the rest <laughs> of this this class is as established. The guy that I'm most excited about, like Carson Strong, that I think can make a, a big leap. Maybe Carson ends up making a, a bigger one. But the guy that I'm most intrigued by is Zappy because I do feel like while Western Kentucky does get scouted, I don't think it's on the, the top end of the radar. I think it is more likely that what he's done at the tail end the last four games when I started really perking my ears up, I think that's when he started to make a jump and maybe he can rise himself into top 50. Right now, I wouldn't have him there, but could he do it? A good week at the Senior Bowl could pull that off, I think. Do, so do you I think, think that that's the surprise guy to watch? Uh, yeah, I think it's that's a surprise guy, yeah. to, to Ryan's point because who really was watching Western Kentucky this year? And it's a shame because – and, and this will – I didn't want to bring up Bailey Zappi because of this in some sense, but when Bailey Zappi was a freshman at Houston Baptist, HBU as it's known, I I got to call his game, uh, one of his games as a true freshman. I just remember watching him. He's out of Victoria, Texas. And I'm like, well, I kind of like what this guy's got. You know, he's got some moxie. He's got some toughness. Well, then I didn't do another one of his games until the end of the 2019 season against Sam Houston and that defense that they've got over there. And he had a rough day, but – man, you could see the improvement. I started watching thinking, I think this guy has got an opportunity to, be, to get into the draft mix. Well, then his offensive coordinator, Zappi, Jer Stearns, they all leave from HBU and go to Western Kentucky and just blew it up. And, I mean, it was wow. And so watching that Western Kentucky, I just saw the evolution of him from true freshman starter to a junior and the progress he made. And then I watched him two years later. I'm like, whoa, he's made a ton of progress. And as I watch him, the first name that comes to mind is Derek Carr. He's got just kind of that motion, holds the ball high, and then gets rid of it quickly. Doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's got a capable arm of making every throw that's out there. And he's got that little bit, you know, Derek's got that little bit of, and I, don't, I hate using the word swagger. That's just the worst word to use. But he's got a little bit of that. Like, 
he's confident, very, very confident. I think Zappy with a good week. I've got him right now in the 90s in my Harris 100, as I call it. I think with a good week, he definitely moves up to possibly that day, that round two conversation getting the top 64. Yeah, we've talked about a few quarterbacks so far, but when we come back, we want to get to the rest of these guys, all right? There are a few more quarterbacks. Sam Howell, how can he help and improve him, his stock? You have Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. We're going to get to those guys and more. But All right, now, NFL Draft fans, man, it's that time of the year. The Super Bowl is coming up, and it's time to start looking to these odds. Who has the best chance of winning? And there's one place where you need to go to really find that out and get some help on that. And if you're looking for an edge these days, you need to go to onlinegambling.com for, you know, it's sponsoring today's podcast. And if you don't know already, onlinegambling.com is the website dedicated to giving the betters the edge, whether it's the Super Bowl odds or other. You know, throughout the playoffs, they are providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. All right, the experts at OnlineGambling.com, hey, they've set me up with the challenge of putting my own knowledge to the test. And I feel like I'm knowledgeable, but they help me even more. You know, and they're coming up with my early Super Bowl predictions to see how much of an expert I really am. You know, we'll keep coming back and closing our eye on the prediction as the playoffs continue. And if you are planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure that you head over to OnlineGambling.com before you place your bets. Don't go in there blind. Don't go in there with one eye closed. Go in there knowing exactly what's going on. And OnlineGambling.com gives you the betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. That includes their OG section, all right? The OG tip section, that's where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks, as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Built Bar. You know, it's a new year, and that means New Year's resolution. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, you know, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because, you know, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. And you'll want to eat it all the time, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, tastes like a chemical pill. You know, you want to eat healthy, but it also gets boring. And most of us, by week three, we start to consider you know, cheating on our meals. But instead, just eat something that has 100% real chocolate, and that's a built Bar. You know, most of these built Bars contain 130 calories, 40 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually is around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs and empty calories. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret stashes at your home, in your wallet, your purse, your your pockets, wherever you stash all your little candies, candy bars in the pantries and replace those with built bars. And if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at the very least eat something that tastes good and it's actually good for you. That way you can en- you can d- enjoy a delicious built bar and it almost counts as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, and salted caramel. Those are probably my two favorite. Mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Bit Bar is always coming up with new flavors, limited flavors, all the time. So check back to built.com early and often to check in on those. All right, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. All right, again, use promo code LOCK15 at built.com. 
NFL.com to get 15% off. And also, us here at the Locked On NFL Draft Show, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about this app that's very incredible. And everybody who drives cars, they need to know about this. It's called GetUpside. And our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time that they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store, Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at a pump ever again. Get cash back right now by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, they're making up to two, $300 a month cash back. And crazy thing about it, guys, there's no catch. The cash back, it gets added right to your account. You can use it anytime. Your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon card, whatever brand that you use. But first, again, download the app right now for free. Get upside and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents on your first gallon cash back. All right, guys, we talked about a few of these guys, Zappy, Pickett. You know, but there are some other guys here as well, not just Carson Strong, that have to really prove themselves. And I think it starts with Sam Howell out of North Carolina. You know, Sam Howell, he was a guy who, along with some other guys that won't even be declaring in this draft, were kind of projected to be top 10 picks. And he came out, had a rough outing against Virginia Tech. And after that, it felt like just kind of the snowball effect of maybe his draft stock falling a little bit. Now, there's a chance that maybe... The NFL teams are higher on somehow than us. But I do think that the senior bowl will be a good chance for him to kind of turn things around. So, Ryan, I want to, you know, turn to you first. When you go to the senior bowl, what are you looking to see from Sam Howe and how do you think he can potentially improve his draft stock? The number one thing that I want to see is, A, he'll have some targets that I think can help him as well. But I, I, I'm going to put two cones at seven yards off the line of scrimmage and say, you stay between these two cones directly behind the tackles. I want to say, stay in the pocket. I don't even run anywhere. I don't even do anything ad lib. I want him to deliver the ball, get it out of his hands quickly. Like I, I want to see that in a more like static kind of thing, because quite frankly, when I go back and watch like Diami Brown from last year, I saw some things that I didn't see much this season. I want to see if he can get back yeah. there this week. If this Especially being able to push the ball down the field at the rate that he did, throwing the ball to Dami Brown. And, I mean, yeah, Dami Brown, he was a terrific deep ball threat, but it just wasn't just him. I mean, some of these balls were dropping right in the bucket, right on the money. And I did think that was something that kind of went away this year. But, again, he didn't just lose uh, Dami Brown. He lost Daz Newsom. He lost his two running backs. I think that hurt him as well. You know, we talked about some of these guys having something to prove or – you know, do you think, John, do you think maybe Sam Howell might have the most to improve out of his group, or do you think someone else kind of takes that trophy? Well, I think Sam's got a, a ton to prove. The one thing I think that showed up this year that maybe we didn't know that he had as much ability was his running ability. I mean, the way that he ran the football, I mean, there were a couple of times, especially in the Wake Forest game, I, I mean, DBs looked like they were making business decisions. And I mean, it, it was wild to watch, but I agree with Ryan. I think the one thing that he's got to prove, there are two things that I think that Sam Howell's got to prove. Number one, he's got to be able to throw from the well and throw consistently from the well. And with, with all that chaos happening and not getting out, and we know that he can throw off schedule and get out of the pocket and do those sort of things. But once he does, if he does get out of the pocket, he's got to make good decisions about where he's throwing the football, whether to get rid of it. There are a lot of times I watched him this year where he just wasn't sure he got out of the pocket. And oh, then he's going to make a bad throw. They get intercepted. I mean, that Virginia Tech game, I think, was a great example of that. He also, like you guys said, I mean, he lost two great running backs. 
he lost his two star receivers. And so it seemed like it took a while for, for that to all catch up. And so what he did to replace that was to run the ball. And Phil Longo, his offensive coordinator, allowed him to do that. And I think that's the other thing that he's got to prove. Phil's offense is high-flying, fast-paced. Uh, I mean, I got a chance to study it when he was at Sam Houston. It is a one-read go. Put into a pro style, whether it's the Jets or the Lions, he's going to have to decipher it. You know, he's got to read that whole playbook and read that whole play, know what the play is, go through his progressions and show that he can handle a true full field read offense and show that he can do that coming out of that Phil Longo system. There have been some quarterbacks that come out of that system and struggle a little bit because of how easy Phil makes it. So he's going to have to prove that he can handle everything that goes with that pro-style type offense. I do think he can make some touch throws and throws down the seam. I remember watching and studying the summer and seeing some of the throws to his tight ends down the seam. I thought, ooh, that's really good. But that consistency was not there this year. So I think if he can show that he's thrown from the well, accurate enough all over the field, and using the full field to read and make his decisions and prove that he can handle that NFL offense, I think Sam Howell can definitely – gain the attention of the, of the scouts and make sure that they're, I don't want to say falling in love with him, but maybe falling back in love with him. John, I want to ask you real quick, because we talked about Baker Mayfield and, you know, Ryan and I, we've had this discussion already, but a lot of people have made that comparison between Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield. And I don't know if it's just because they look the same from, from a stature standpoint, but yeah. does the ball come out of their hands the same? That was one thing that's intriguing about uh, Baker Mayfield, I, I thought, you know, he throws the ball well. He has nice zip yeah. on his passes. You know, he's able to throw to all levels of the field. I know, you know, people might not think so right now because, you know, he's playing through a lot of injuries this season. So it's kind of accuracy and arm strength. Everything's kind of dipped up and down. But when you watch Sam Howell, do you see some of those same kind of characteristics? Yeah. Eric, you, you, I think you're dead on. I think it's a very apt description. I think the, the difference in the two is – I mean, look, that, that week I, I was there in Cleveland. I saw it happen. When he threw the interception to Justin Reed, I'm standing maybe 25 yards away, and I can, I can see it. I can see Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God, I made a mistake. I'm going to go make up for it and try and knock Justin Reed into next week like he's playing like a safety. And I was like, that's the over-emotional part that Baker has got to try and control. To me, he's got to rein that in. I don't think you get that from Sam. Not that Sam wouldn't want to go make a tackle after interception, but I think Sam is more composed. I think he doesn't get as rattled. I think you can get Baker rattled. I don't know that you can rattle Sam Howell. I mean, he'll get frustrated, obviously, but I don't know that he'll kind of get out of character. And I think that's the difference. But as far as the throws both of them can make, how they're built size-wise, I think Sam's maybe a little bit bigger. So that may that may help him a little bit in the run game. But I think the fact that Sam stays a bit more composed, but I think Baker's got more arm acumen. When he has got a non-Cleveland day, like that day after he hurt his shoulder, he came back in the second half and made a couple of throws. I'm like, whoa, boy, those are those are money throws. But he's got to throw through that Cleveland wind and rain, and it's it's not always pretty, but he's got enough arm strength to be able to do it. Sam, I don't think, has quite that arm strength but Sam stays more composed, and I think teams will like that more so than maybe having a little bit more of a, I don't know, hot hit is the right way of saying it, but that's kind of the way Baker is, and I think sometimes it comes back yeah. to, to bite him in the backside. Ryan, I want to ask you a little bit about Desmond Ritter because that that's a guy, I mean, he stayed for his senior year. He had a lot of the hype kind of going into this year. He's, he's tall. He's athletic. You know, he's a dual threat type guy, maybe not like a burner or anything like that. 
But, you know, between him and Malik uh, Willis, both guys that can make plays off script. But for whatever reason, and I'll talk about both of them, their stock has been so up and down this year. I mean, at some point, you'd say, oh, Desmond Ritter, oh, Malik Willis, both of these guys could potentially be the number one corner quarterback off of the, the board. And then now, I mean, I, I, there might be people questioning, at least draft Twitter, do we even put them in the top 32 prospects? So where are you at really on both of those guys? You can start with whatever one you want. You know, up and down is the best way to say it. And that goes not just for the season, but most of the time within a game, especially Ritter. I, I want to hook the guy up to like a jump starter. You know what I mean? Like there's so many slow starts. There were so many inaccurate possessions that just led to this feeling of, can he really do this? When he had to, he's able to turn it on. It seems that he has that switch and he knows how to flip it, but can he be consistent at the next level? Can he start games and get himself out to a lead where he doesn't have to pull something out or rely on a big play from, from Pierce or whoever else? That's kind of my question, and, and I've been wanting to see it from him. I think that he's a second-round quarterback as it stands right now. Can he do anything to help his stock? I don't know if a, if a senior bowl week is enough to override what you've seen on game film this year. All right. Now, there are a couple guys that, you know, away from the quarterback position, some guys that declared. One guy that was hurt, another guy that's projected to be maybe a top 15 pick. We're going to get to those guys as soon as we get back. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march into the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all bets, sports wagering action of 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, NFL playoffs, hockey, which I was watching right now, watching the Bruins, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers available throughout the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's Bet Online, where the games start. Let's talk about it. We've spent a lot of time talking about these quarterbacks, but there are two guys that declared from Alabama Crimson Tide. One, you have Evan Neal, the offensive lineman. And I think the more we dig into him, the more people are going to be on different ends of the spectrum with him. Obviously, he's huge. And I think that's the thing that's going to be most intriguing. I do think he's a good athlete for how big he is. But I think when you look at offensive linemen, I, I haven't seen quite that nastiness from him finishing off plays that I would like to see, especially with someone the size that he is. You know, when I was watching Georgia at the end of the game and as they started dominating the defensive line of Alabama, you saw guys jumping over piles, finishing guys off, teeing off on them. And I like that. Like, I like that edge, especially from those big guys. But Evan Neal, he's someone that looks like guys, they're having a tough time getting around him. I think his anchor is good. I think, Speed might be something that he potentially has an issue with. But, uh, John, where are you at right now with Evan Neal after him declaring today? Well, I I think he's number four on my Harris 100 list. I think his athleticism for a guy that okay. size is off the charts. I mean, seeing a 6'7", 350-pound guy do box jumps and splits at the same time is just <laughs> absolute, absolute <laughs> insanity. And – you know, I look around the league and I, I see guys, you know, all the time that I think, okay, 
you know, I've, I've seen Dwayne Brown in the flesh. I mean, I've seen everybody. I mean, Laramie Tunsil. I mean, now we've got Titus Howard. I mean, I've seen all these guys. I see Evan Neal, and I'm like, yo, wow. I do think he's got – I do think he's got finishing ability. Eric, I think – I think you see it definitely in the run game. I mean, I don't really care too much about it in the pass game. I don't need for him to do the, you know, the whole rivals 24-7, take a guy and slam him to the ground sort of thing, <laughs> and then that video goes viral. Yeah. It's like, look at this. It's like, no, that's holding, bro. I do think for Evan Neal, I think it's – I think his feet are good, not great. I agree with you that speed could be an issue. I think his hands are a little slow to fire. He's got heavy hands. I mean, when he gets them on you, like, whoa. But I do think that – I think that edge rushers get an edge on him rushing half a man. I think that could be an issue against some speed. They're going to be able to get under those hands. He's going to fire the hands a little faster. But I think left tackle, right tackle, I'll take, I'll take either. I just think he's the kind of guy that – your pass and run game both benefit from somebody like that. Again, tackles come into this league. I, I don't think people truly understand how hard it is to play that position. And you got to block TJ Watt and you got to block, you know, Chandler Jones, with that length and those hands and, you know, Von Miller, with that ghost move. And I mean, it's tough to come in and play tackle as a rookie. So he's probably going to have some struggles early on. But we did see some rookies that were very good this year. I, Rashawn Slater, I mean, he's tremendous. Oh, and some people thought he should play guard. Um, apparently, Matt Rule felt that way and passed <laughs> yeah. on it. I do think J.C. Horn's going to be a hell of a football player. So it wasn't as if they passed on you know, Rashawn Slater for some bum. It's just J.C. got hurt in a game against us. J.C.'s going to be a heck of a corner, um, I think, for the Carolina Panthers. But you know, some people thought Rashawn Slater should play guard. We overthink that decision sometimes. I think Evan Neal, with his size, with his feet, with his leg, he's fit to play tackle. I think there is some polishing that has to be done. But I'll take a guy at 6'7", 350 with that athleticism. And if I got good coaching and I've got good pieces around to help, I think he's going to end up being a whaleable player for the next dozen years at a minimum. Kind of reminds me of Trent Brown. You know, he made a lot of money playing tackle for the New England Patriots, played for the Raiders, played for the 49ers yep. as well. Just a big wall, a guy that was really hard to get around. When it came to pass protection, he was money. Moving, you know, the the, the run game, it depended on the scheme with Trent Brown. But as far yep. as just that athleticism for someone of his size and stature, yep. he was he was big time. You know, Ryan, I want to ask you, you know, we, we talked about him and maybe some of the other offensive line in this class. Where do you see Evan Neal going in this class? Because – you know, I look at the top of this class and, and you look at Jacksonville Jaguars, the this, the edge rushers are going to get all the hype. But I'm like, man, the Jaguars, like, they got to protect that young quarterback. Do you think it's, a you know, like Evan Neal, no way he goes number one. And if not, like, how far down do you think he falls to a team that potentially either wants him or in a trade back? I, I It depends specifically for me on what you're trying to do with your quarterback. Because I, I agree, he has a little bit of work to do, I think, to get to his set point at times. I actually equate him to Orlando Brown, who tested terribly. I think he'll be a better athlete. But Orlando's the definition is when he gets his hands on you. And from that point forward, he's got you. If you can get him in a bad situation, a little bit back on his heels before he can make contact, then I think you have a chance. And so I want to see a little bit more of that. Does does the more like Mauler type have a bigger place in today's game? We see the run game coming back a little bit across the league. Could it be a little bit more like that? I don't know if Jacksonville wants to do that. I don't think Jacksonville knows if they want to do that. So we'll have to find out how that goes first. But I think that he could be one of those. It's just about the athleticism over the power and the 
honestly the the girth that the man brings i i think it's it's pick your flavor of tackle at this point john you think he might be able to go top three Oh, I know a team at number three that wouldn't mind having six, seven, three fifty on an <laughs> offensive line for a run game that was thirty second in the league. Mm. I, I I don't recall exactly who's at number three, hmm. but it might be my <laughs> employer that might be very interested in having. Yeah. Some, I mean, look, we, there's some decisions they've got to make. I mean, you know, where does Titus Howard play? And Titus with Laramie Tunsil hurt. You know, Titus did some really good things at left tackle. So could you? move Titus over to left, maybe, you know, trade Laramie, leave Laramie, put Titus around. I don't know. I don't know how it fits. I know this. You want to establish a run game. You've got to have dudes up front that are a willing to do it and be then capable of doing it. And I know if I take Ryan, if I take uh, Evan Neal, if I take Ryan, he could play him offensive line too. But if I take Evan Neal, I think I'm going to end up having a much better and much cohesive offensive line in due time. We just, we have to get younger. So that's why I say you know, three, I think he could, depending uh, on what happens, uh, you know, some teams start moving and trading and doing some things, but I think Evan Neal has to be in the conversation for, for, for us. Um, he has to be because that offensive line has just got to be better than it was much, much better than, than it's been in the last three, four years, actually. So we got to put some dudes up front. Evan Neal will be a dude for us. And by the way, if you want to give us Iki Iquanu from NC State or you want to give us Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa, I don't care. The offensive line's got to get better. So you can give me any of those. Give me Charles Cross, too, a left tackle from Mississippi State. I'll take any other guys. Trevor Penning, yes, 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 and yes. Come on, bring them all. Let's start winning with some offensive line play that we need. Yeah, Houston, Texas, man. They're going to have to start building around Davis Mills. Looks like he might potentially be the future quarterback of the team. Quarterback, rookie quarterback out of Stanford. Thought he finished uh, pretty good down the stretch. Uh, real quick, John, before we get out of here, I, I want to get your take on Jameson Williams because we, we've talked about him and kind of how we feel about his ability. But obviously, he's coming off of the torn ACL. So just want to get your thoughts. He, he declared today, he said, okay, I'm entering the NFL draft. Do you think that, you know, the injury is going to hurt him? Obviously, we know with these recovery times with the ACL, guys can come yep. back and he can play this year. We saw with Simmons, uh, who played defensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. They took yep. him high, didn't care about the injury. He's been awesome. Do you think there could be a certain sim similar situation like that for Jameson Williams? Yeah, Eric, I appreciate you bringing up Jeffrey Simmons. Thanks, um, because I have to watch him for 120 minutes a year and he just destroys everybody in his wake. And that's exactly the, the point with Jeffrey Simmons. You know, he was a guy that it wasn't even in the season. He did it in, in January. It was about this time that he did it back in 2019, I think it was. And he tore his ACL in training for the NFL draft. And so at that point, I had him at number four overall. So I knew he wasn't going to number four overall. And then as Tennessee was sitting on the clock, I'm like, oh, man, they're not going to do this, are they? So when they draft him, I'm like, okay, well, he's going to sit out all year. Well, we faced him <laughs> twice that year because he, yeah. we played him later in the year. So we faced him twice, and he was really good as a rookie yeah. doing that. Now, a little different tear in the ACL playing inside where you can anchor a little bit more, use your upper body strength as opposed to being a receiver where you're relying on the, you know, getting out of routes, you're cutting and doing those kind of things. So there will be some of that, but they're – it, the thing for Jamison where this actually may not be the worst thing in the world is that same thing happens and he falls into the, the 20 range. He's going to a playoff team. He may end up going, I mean, shoot, New England may end up taking him and add him to, to Mac Jones. I mean, oh man, you know, he may fall and he may, I say fall, 
he may end up. I mean, there are a lot of good receivers in this, but they're kind of clustered. But I think there might be some teams that, that go after receivers. Maybe Jameson falls, but I think he may fall into the back end of the first round. I don't – with the way technology is and the way medicals are, I mean, we've seen guys come back from ACLs. Now, the one thing we don't know is, was it, was it just ACL? Did he sprain other things? Those things we're not going to know. Those medicals we may not know. But if it's a torn ACL, the, the, the success rate of coming back from that is pretty high. I don't think it's absolutely going to – completely uh, bottom out his draft ranking at all. I think he was fantastic. I loved watching him this year. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch Will Fuller for a number of years. He's not of that caliber, but I think he's a better overall receiver than Will yeah. was. I think he's got that speed, that down that downfield speed. He can get across on the over route, which a lot of teams want to use that over route, you know, clear out against cover three. You know, linebacker can't get there, and and James can get across. I know we use that, that route a lot. So there's some things that James is going to be able to do. I think – Coming out in the draft, he felt like he was ready. If he feels like he's going to have a pretty straightforward rehab, he could be back in October, November, be ready to roll for a playoff-type team down the stretch. I, I think it could end up being the best situation for him in the long run to have that situation happen. And then look, even if he goes to the top of the second round, but he proves that he's that guy, he'll get paid one year earlier. You know, he'll be on a four-year deal. He'll get that big contract one year earlier than he would be if he's a first-rounder. <laughs> Yeah, big-time decisions for a lot of these guys, man. But the senior ball, the quarterbacks, definitely intrigued with what happens with there. Evan Neal, where does he go? Jameson Williams, what's his stock going to be after this tour in the ACL? But that's what we're here for. We're going to keep you guys updated on all that information and much, much more. Thank you, John, for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Ryan, appreciate you coming on, as always. And for me, Eric Crocker, I am out. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Peace.